Hi, I'm Natalie Wires, along with Jason Nias from Digital River, an e-commerce company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our times. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started, lessons they've learned that have gotten them to where they are today, and what they believe is the future of online shopping. Fashion brand Superdry is known throughout the world for its vintage Americana vibe, Japanese-inspired graphics, and British style. Its roots go back to 1985 with the founding of cult clothing in the UK. Now, operating globally, Superdry is even more cutting edge and not just with its designs. The company is hyper-focused on fit and how it can ensure great fit for shoppers worldwide. Recently, Superdry joined forces with Wear, a company that uses AI technology and analytics to help fashion brands create products that fit customers better, taking into considerations both body type and trends by location and culture. The result, better fit, fewer returns, and less waste. Deborah Painting, head of quality and technical, spearheaded this effort at Superdry, and she joins us here today. Welcome. Hi, it's really uh, great to be here, Natalie. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, Before we delve into this idea of how you're zeroing in on fit, can you tell us just a bit about your background, how you got uh, into the fashion industry and, and how you came into your role at Superdry? Yes, sure. Well, I started making my own clothes probably when I was 11 or 12. My mum was actually a seamstress and she bought me um, an old treadle operated sewing machine for like my 10th or 11th birthday. So I had it in my head that I wanted a career in fashion from fairly early on. Um, I actually started out as a designer but I was always just as interested in the technical side of things as the aesthetic. I really liked the fit, the way the garments were put together, how fabrics added to or subtracted from the final appearance of the garment. After about 10 years on the design side, um, I was actually made redundant um, and I took the decision to start my own business. Um, And that business concentrated on providing technical services, things like patterns, samples, um, specification sheets and factory sourcing, um, as well as solving production issues. Um, and I worked for a wide variety of, of different uh, customers, both um, UK high street brands, small startups. Um, I did some lecturing at the London College of Fashion. Um, and I really enjoyed working for myself. Um, I never thought I'd move away from that. But then a great opportunity came along and I was tempted back into um, real employment. Um, I worked with a major pure play e-tailer for several years, uh, but I started to get a little bit disillusioned with fast fashion. Uh, And I started very quietly stalking super dry in the background over probably 18 months, just sitting there um, like a spider at the center of a web really, waiting for an opening. Um, And finally one came and Um, In 2017, I began working as head of quality and technical at Superdry. I imagine that it is incredibly helpful that you had that background in design as as you are thinking about, you know, how that influences the work that you're doing in quality. Can you talk a bit about how Superdry and how you in particular approach this confluence of 
you know, the technical components with the creativity of the design? And I think it's very important that you have as much as possible a 360 degree view um, of any garment. So you're looking at it from a very practical perspective, but you also have a good understanding of the aesthetics. Um, I think what really has helped me in my career is that when I was um, working in technical services, I had a lot of time um, spent in factories and I really understood the factory perspective. But equally, I've also worked in a number of head office environments. Um, so I understand, I think, the challenges from all sides. And because of that, I think I'm able to provide the solutions more easily as well. Um, you know, that saying, walk a mile in my shoes. Well, if you can really do that and look at the things from the other person's perspective, um, I think it helps build trust, build relationships and ultimately collaborate on great solutions. Yes, absolutely. That collaboration is essential. And, you know, as someone who works outside of the fashion industry, I really tend to think about just design first, right? Like, how does it look? Is it trendy? Is it my style? Um, obviously, that's very important. But then as people start thinking about, you know, what brands they want to buy from, and as you start to then you know, repeat, you know, try to increase your repeat customers. So folks that become very loyal to you, um, it really becomes about fit. So, you know, can you, you know, how hard is it to get that piece of it right? Um, well, fit is incredibly important and it's really difficult to get right because there's no fixed target. Um, really, it's a total free for all out there. Um, fit is very often mixed up with the idea of size, um, especially in the customer's head. And people tend to think that size and fit um, are interchangeable terms. In fact, they're interrelated, but separate. Um, there's no collaboration or agreement between brands or between countries on how to designate size um, and no common ground on what makes for good fit. Um, so it's like trying to pin fog to a wall, really. Don't we um, feel that as consumers, right? Like <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all you can do, really, I think, is look at your target customer and your product range and define for yourself what makes great fit and logical sizing using those parameters. Um, but really, that's just the start of the journey. The most important thing, and I can't emphasize this enough, is what comes after you've made those decisions. And that's really the communication of everything to your customer in a really engaging and meaningful way. Because if they don't understand what you're trying to tell them about size and fit, um, they're going to make bad choices when they buy from you and they'll buy the wrong size or they'll buy something that they think then doesn't um, suit their body shape. And that just leads to customer dissatisfaction and ultimately to returned garments, which is what nobody wants. Yeah, we're going to get into that communication piece for sure, because I, I think that that is really important. But uh, before we do, you know, Superdry is a brand that covers, you know, many, your customers span age ranges, spans cultures, you sell in lots of different markets. So you know, how do you approach this idea of building different views of customer profiles and, and making sure that you're thinking about the trends and tailoring your designs and your fit to them? 
Um, well, we did a big piece of uh, insight about 18 months ago, um, just about at the same time as we were starting our size and fit journey, we were actually looking in depth at our customers. Um, and we discovered a couple of things. Um, first of all, over the years since Superdry started, our customer base has changed um, quite considerably in some ways. We had some very loyal customers right from the start. Those customers have stayed with us. Um, and that means we've got an older customer now than when we began. Um, so we need to cater to both the young customers that we're drawing in, but also to those customers who've stayed with us for so long. And we need to make sure that we um, offer them something great in terms of fit. Um, and of course, I think we all know that as we get older, our bodies change quite naturally. Um, the shape changes, the distribution of weight changes. And so we have to think quite carefully about that. Um, but also what adds into the mix for us is that we are a global brand. So we've got customers in, in all corners of the world. Um, and anybody who's taken some time to look at people from you know, different uh, countries, different nationalities, can see that there are some quite startling differences between the stature and the body shape of people around the world. So in a way, we're trying to find that perfect garment that will satisfy all these different ages, all these different body sizes and shapes, and all the different um, cultural references that people bring when they're trying to select clothes. Um, and when you put it like that, it's actually an incredibly difficult thing to fulfill. When you're trying to keep your inventory as narrow as possible. I mean, Superdry is quite lucky that we have um, a policy of having a pretty large range and that does help. But even within that, um, it's hard to satisfy every customer all the time. Um, so there are always choices that you have to make. Um, and one of the choices that Superdry as a brand made fairly early on um, was that we wanted the, um, the fit of our clothing to be relatively slim. We like a nice, sleek, um, athletic looking silhouette. Um, but as time has gone on, we've come to realize, um, and especially with the insight piece that we did about 18 months ago, that we've got different groupings of customer out there. Um, so we've segmented our customers by age group, but also by lifestyle. And that gives us a grid of customers to go at. And when our designers are working now, what they think about is, which of the boxes in that grid is this product aimed for? Um, and once they know that, then my team um, in the technical department can take that information and decide what the fit of that garment should be. So actually we're working in a much more nuanced way now than we ever have done before to try and provide the best fit for as many customers as possible. And based on desired trends too, right? So we're right, right now we're hearing all about how millennials are the only ones still wearing skinny jeans. I'm yeah. offended as a classic millennial. Um, but, you know, taking into account how not just fit as it relates to your body type, but fit as it relates to how you want your clothes to fit you based on the trends that you want to, that you want to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been doing quite a bit of work on the communication of fit um, with customers on our website, especially, um, and trying to give them better information than um, 
the visual that they see when they look at the garment on a model. Um, we're trying to explain to them the different types of fit that we have within our repertoire. So we might call something slim fit or we might call it oversized. And in doing that, we're trying to show the customer the fit intent of that garment. But that also, in understanding that from a customer perspective, allows the customer to think, well, actually, maybe I don't like a really slim fit, but I do like that garment. I'll buy the next size up and it'll give me a more relaxed fit that suits me better. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, so let's walk through kind of the front end customer experience a bit of, you know, how when a shopper is shopping on, on your website, um, you know, what are they seeing that is maybe different than how what they are used to seeing um, that's able to help them make some of those better choices of, of what fit they want and what the right size to buy is? Um, well, we've been working very hard with um, our studio because we do all our um, photography in-house. So we're very lucky that we have um, the ability to collaborate closely uh, with both the studio and with the design team and with our collection strategy team who set the direction, if you like, for the designers to work to. Um, and we're now working within what we call style choices. And those style choices are basically aimed at the, the lifestyle of the customer. So we have our original and vintage style choice, which is very much the sort of traditional super dry customer that you talked about at the beginning, the one that likes those vintage um, Americana style fabrics and, and garments, but with the, uh, the Japanese inspired prints on. And uh, we also have uh, our studio customer, sophisticated and minimal, which has a much more, um, an aesthetic that's much closer, if you like, to a Scandinavian look. So we work very hard to make sure that we communicate visually the style to our customers. And that's something um, different that Superdry hadn't been doing before. Everything had just been um, approached in the same way, but our customer segmentation has allowed us to target specific garments at specific customers. So that's the first thing that's different about our website now. And secondly, I mentioned that fit information that we're getting across to our customers, um, making sure that when the garments are photographed, the look of the garment on the model accurately represents what that gar garment has looked like all the way through its development. It's very easy to take a garment and put it on a, a model a couple of sizes uh, smaller um, and give the customer the wrong impression that it's a much looser, more relaxed fitting garment than it actually is. Um, so we're working hard in that way. Um, and then I think the third way is just getting that communication of fit and making sure that we're using customer friendly terminology when we're describing the fit of our garments, using words that are meaningful to them and replicating that consistently across garments that have the same type of fit on the website. And, and all of this is, is powered um, by AI and, and you worked, you partnered with um, a company where who helped sort of set up this system. Can you talk a bit about the, 
back end components of it and, and how this is actually coming to be? Sure. Um, well, first of all, we're our absolute data wizards. Um, but they're much more than that. Greg and his team really understand human bodies and how they change as they get bigger and smaller. And they had absolute masses of data to share with us. So the size of the data sets was incredibly meaningful. Um, to give you some idea of just how much data they had, um, when we started working with them, they had a database of well over a million body scans for us to work with. And that's about 20 times more than most of the other providers that we looked at. Um, and even better than that, uh, where we're totally open at every stage of the journey, they shared their expertise um, and they answered our, um, really my, endless questions about how they capture the data, how they clean it up and how they make it accessible to the end user. So I learned more than I ever thought was possible to learn about the back end of how they gather and use that data. Um, I even learned about something called regression analysis, um, which is to do with sorting out which variables have the most impact in a sort of a mathematical way. And that really isn't what I expected when I started the investigation into sizing and fit with them. Um, they have the most incredible insights platform that they gave us access to. And we could go in and plug different bits of data in and see what the output would be. Would that give us better fit if we change that thing by a centimeter here? Or would it give us worse fit? And it could show us the fit coverage amongst the populations that we specified to them. So we segmented things by age group, obviously, but we also looked at our, our key territories that we sell into. Um, and we looked at the UK, we looked at key countries within the EU. We looked even at key states within the US and they were able to extract the data that was relevant for those specific places and let us interrogate it. So the precision of the tool was really incredible and far exceeded what I expected was possible when we sort of started the journey. That's incredible. We, and we are, we're going to be talking with someone um, from where for a future episode. So uh, to our listeners, keep an eye out for that. Um, if you, if you're as interested as I am about the, the data aspect of it, we'll go, we'll go deeper on that episode. Um, but, you know, having all of this access to data is amazing, but what really sets it apart is being able to use it, right? And in incorporating this belief that the data should be infused throughout the organization. Um, can you talk a bit about how you approached that? You know, how the design team uses it, how the, you know, marketing team uses it, you know, different teams throughout the company and, and how, you know, Superdry really became, and, and maybe it was always in your DNA to be this data focused brand. Absolutely. I think it probably is in my DNA and my boss is also very data driven. Um, so that made it very easy um, to sell the idea of using a business like um, where the information really comes into my team, the quality and technical team. So it starts with us um, and they take the output of all that work we did with WHERE. And probably the most 
significant output from um, a garment technologist perspective is that Wear allowed us to come up with new core body measurements for our customers. Um, and when I say core body measurements, that's the basic size that we develop the garments in. So for us at Superdry, for women, that would be a size 10, um, UK size 10, so that would be US size uh, six, I guess. And for men, that would be a UK medium. And what Wear did was allow us to change the shape of that core uh, body to bring it up to date. And that in turn meant that my team um, could confidently adjust all our garment specifications, the many, many measurements that go into making up a pattern, which in turn go into making up a garment. And it also allowed them to create standards, which we call blocks for each product category. So if we think about a t-shirt, we'd have block variations of that basic t-shirt. So there might be a tight fitting t-shirt, um, a relaxed fit t-shirt and an oversized t-shirt. So we have those standards and they're sort of like the foundations that we have and they will be maintained over a number of seasons and that gives the customer continuity of fit. But it does more than that. In a strange way, although we are creating these standards, it gives the designers great freedom because they take that standard and they can play with it a bit, but they know it has good fit built into it. And they may be able to then say, well, actually we see these three t-shirt shapes, but we want to create a new one that fits slots in between two of them. So maybe a loose fitting shape, and the data from, um, from the, the project with Wear helps us pinpoint the measurements, the exact measurements that we use to create that new shape. And it gives us confidence and gives the design team confidence that they can then develop that into a whole set of new garments, knowing that we're still achieving a great consistent fit for the customer. And then um, the other thing that the data has done and I think this is going to have very far reaching consequences within the business is that it's allowed us to create digital avatars of those improved size 10, size medium bodies. And they have been loaded into our 3D system. So we can now stitch together garments digitally and pass them over to the design team to design on digitally. And we get a first view of the fit of those garments digitally without a sample um, ever having been made. And that's an absolute um, game changer for us. First of all, it really speeds the process up because those things that aren't going to work, we identify and um, you know, cut from the range at an earlier stage. And we haven't had to send all the information to one of our suppliers to then make a physical sample to then send it back to us. So it's got um, a great uh, sustainability credential as well. Um, but more than just the design team, um, another team that actually really uh, can benefit from the, the data that we've collected uh, is the merchandising team. Because now we know the size spread of people at different parts of the world, the merchandisers can think when they're um, planning a buying ratio, well, 
in Italy, we need more smaller sizes. In Germany, we need more bigger sizes. Or in the States, we need more bigger sizes, etc. And actually, it gives us, um, in theory, the ability to plan our inventory to be um, less fractured at the end of a season in a much better way um, and have you know, less residual stock. So we're making the data work hard uh, in lots of different ways. I imagine that is a game changer. And uh, one, you know, we hear a lot about waste in the fashion industry. So um, I just, I can see exactly how, you know, being able to be more targeted with your merchandising and knowing what sizes are going to be most popular in which locations is going to reduce wastes pretty dramatically. Um Absolutely, yes. And I think that um, that was a key objective in commissioning the survey. Um, by consistently offering our customers the best sizing and fit, the right sizes in the right places, um, the aim is really to drive brand satisfaction up and drive returns down. Does not fit is one of the biggest reasons for return, especially on e-com. Um, so helping customers to find the best fitting garments will bring cost benefits undoubtedly in returns reduction. Um, and that of course also has a really positive impact on sustainability with fewer garments being moved backwards and, and, and forwards unnecessarily. Uh, so that really um, fits very well with Superdry's aim to be um, as sustainable as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious, you know, how has the end consumer responded to this? Like, what what are you what do you hear from them um, it, as it relates to how they're, you know, enjoying or what their experience is, is with the clothes? And um, so we're just at the beginning of that journey, really. One of the things um, about Superdry is because we have a wholesale business, we're actually working quite a long way ahead. Um, and so we always knew that once we got to the end of the work um, with where the data collection and the analysis and the interrogation of the information that they presented to us, then the implementation was stage two. So the implementation has started and the first of the new fits has started to reach the customer now. But that's a journey that's going to take us um, probably another nine to 12 months until the customer sees the total benefit from the project. But what we're doing very closely, of course, is keeping an eye on how things change in that intervening time um, so that we can make a, a really good assessment of, of the impact to the business. Yeah. What, what else do you see for the future and, and how this technology is going to continue to help Superdry grow? Um, I think, although it seems like we've been doing this for sort of 18 months, we're still very much at the start of the journey. Um, and I think the possibilities are probably not completely apparent to us yet because everything is, is moving so quickly. Um, but what I do know is that what we've learned about sizing and fit over the last 18 months with wear um, is going to be the foundation of how we proceed, um, especially as we develop more uh, 3D solutions. Um, it totally confirms to me the power of data. Um, but also, 
as important the need to have real experts to call on. So AI is, is fantastic, but you need HI, human intelligence as well. The AI on its own isn't enough. And working with WHERE has given us that human intelligence. It's also opened the doors to all sorts of um, exciting possibilities. Um, certainly better and more assured decision-making around sizing and fit, definitely more digital sampling um, and more potential for enhancing the customer journey on our websites. Um, but also in other slightly unexpected ways. So through Greg, we've made a connection that's allowing us to explore the idea of completely 3D printing our fit stands. Um, including the articulated joints. Now that's something that we didn't think about at the start of the journey, but it's opened up to us in the course of it. Um, and if we can do that and we can have stands 3D printed, then we could maybe have them 3D printed close to the sites that they're needed and they wouldn't be getting transported across the world. Um, it would also be much less wasteful and it would potentially be faster as well. As I say, that's something we didn't think about. It just happened as we had the conversations. Um, so I think we're really just at the start of it. It's fascinating. Um, both of us, you know, working in e-commerce to a certain extent uh, makes it so that we, you know, have pretty high uh, expectations for when we're shopping online. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, you know, what other um, e-commerce experiences or online buying experiences have you had recently that you've been impressed by? Um, I really like sites that do more than just sell me things. Um, don't get me wrong. I love shopping, um, especially um, for more unique or unusual things. Um, and even more specifically, anything for my house. Um, so a couple of great sites that I really enjoy taking a tour through. Actually, whether or not I buy, I still love the site. So I go there frequently. And quite often I go not intending to buy and see something I've got to have. Um, so one of those sites is called Refound Objects. Um, it's a homeware brand based in the northeast of the UK, and it specializes in objects that are recycled, rescued, restored, or in some way remarkable. And it's a real treasure trove. So that's one that I, I really enjoy shopping on. Um, and then the other thing I like is when a site gives me that emotional connection. So again, it's not just about the object I'm buying. It goes beyond that. And I suppose it's that feel good factor. I really want to buy from that site because I like what it stands for. Um, and there's another homeware site that I, I um, visit quite regularly called um, Nkuku that's got um, an absolutely fantastic um, section on it called Meet the Artisans where you can read about the lives of some of the people who have made the fair trade product that you're about to buy. Um, and it's great when that product turns up in the post to think that you know a little bit about somebody who had a hand in making it. Um, yeah. So those are just a couple of examples. Definitely, you know, getting away from that fast fashion and, and really looking for unique experiences as it relates to the, the goods that you buy. You know, you work in a world where technology and design work together. Um, so you have to continually um, marry up 
creativity uh, with data, um, you know, who or what influences you as you continue down this career? And I think um, I'm always ready for the next project. I'm always looking for what that next big thing will be that I work on. Um, I'll admit quite freely to getting bored pretty easily. Um, so the idea of innovation really gets my blood circulating, um, especially if it goes hand in hand with some sort of creative problem solving. Um, on the other hand, I really love a nice, simple solution. So I don't go and look for complexity. Um, you know, I like the Occam's razor theory, the fewest, most elegant steps possible to get to where you want to be. And sometimes that's very hard to achieve because people seem to quite naturally build complexity into things. Um, so I think I'm now looking to see what I can build on and create with the project that I've been working on so far on sizing and fit. You know, where could that take me? I saw a fantastic website the other day where you can sort of build your own digital human. Now, could we tap into that and build a, a, a digital human for each of our um, customer types and use that some way in our marketing? You know, that's not my area but it doesn't stop me from having the ideas because the possibilities are endless, I think. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, eventually is each individual like going to have one, like, well, I have one that I own yeah. of me that then I can take to, you know, wherever I decide to shop online to make sure that whatever I'm going to purchase is going to fit me exactly how I want it to. Absolutely. And we've, we've sort of explored that solution um, a little bit already. Um, but I think we're just at the start of it. Um, and the idea of having a personalized avatar um, would be absolutely fantastic. It would definitely um, be, I think, a really fun thing, but also very useful tool. Um, especially if it's, you know, you, you haven't got the time to go into a store and try something on, but you want to know if it suits you not just if it fits you, but if you actually like the look of yourself in it. Because sometimes a garment can fit you really well, but it, when you look at yourself in the mirror, it still does nothing for you. Um, so I think there's lots of, of possibilities there. It's amazing. Uh, last question, you know, we love recommendations on Commerce Connect. I, um, you know, I imagine we have some listeners in the fashion industry right now. What podcasts, blogs, newsletters, books, would you recommend to our listeners? Um, so I think I'm going to recommend a couple of, uh, of podcasts to do with fashion. Um, there's one that's called Dressed, the History of Fashion. And that really dives into fashion past and present. Um, and it looks at things like um, iconic objects, like a pair of sunglasses, or it might look at Arab dress one week. Um, it's really eclectic and it's a fascinating thing to listen to as a series or just to dive into on a, in a, in a one-off way. And then the other one is called The Business of Fashion. And that's tackling some of the issues that are facing the industry today, including issues around sustainability and the environment. And it interviews some of the biggest um, innovators that we've got in the fashion industry along the way. Um, so those are two um, of my choices for podcasts from a fashion perspective. Um, but then 
purely because I've just discovered it, I want to mention from a general perspective, I've just started to listen to uh, a podcast called Start With This. And it's the only podcast I've come across that sets you homework. Um, and it asks you to create something. And that really um, calls to my creative side. Um, and so that one's fascinating. I've only just started it. I'm in the, in the uh, process of creating a TV show as my homework, um, but I'm already hooked. Interesting. I haven't heard of that. Those are great. Um, well, Deborah, the work that you're doing is incredibly groundbreaking. I look forward to watching from the sidelines and continuing to see how Super Dry uses, you know, this technology and this data to just, you know, further and further create great products that are going to, you know, fit the consumer and, and with the consumer in mind. So thank you for joining us on our podcast to tell us about what you're working on. And thanks very much for having me, Natalie. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to Commerce Connect, brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.